Praise God. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Should be blessed, right? So glad you're all here and your beautiful smiles and, and uh, attending with us, worshiping with us. So we're going to have a fun Sunday. Is that all right? So I have my beautiful daughter, Destiny, that's going to be with me today. So let's give Destiny a hand. And uh, uh, in a moment here, we're going to kind of just talk about something, but I have a tremendous testimony that I want to invite uh, uh, up But we here in a moment. But let me just kind of start this off here and take a moment and ask for God's blessing as we begin. Can we do that? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me and my daughter here today and and bring uh, healing, bring uh, uh, encouragement and challenge, bring clarity. Uh, Lord, bring your heart to your people here today. Lord, no one is here by accident. Lord, I believe you brought them here. They may have stumbled in. They may have felt compelled to come, whatever. Lord, you're going to touch their life. You're going to minister to them today. Encourage and strengthen and challenge us all. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, I first of all, I just want to say huge thank you to all of you that you helped out with the Rex Crane meeting. So if you did it in any capacity, whether you greeted or helped with sound, I know you're standing in the back, but could you just stand, please? We want to honor you here today. In any capacity, you helped out. I mean, if you prayed and fasted for the event, too, you need to stand. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. God bless you. All of you, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, whether it was security or whatever that needed to happen, you caused and helped those meetings to be a tremendous success. Now, did you enjoy last weekend? Well, there's something I want to share about, and I do have a still slide they're going to put up, but we have a testimony here uh, from one of the meetings. But there are numerous testimonies. Uh, and, but I want to talk to you uh, a little bit, a little bit, and Destiny actually has some things on her heart from uh, someone from the outside, even though her heart is here at Harvest, but uh, being in theology training uh, down in Birmingham, and then uh, moving off into Texas, and uh, being a part of a very uh, uh, large church, and she can share a little bit about that. But I want to talk to you about stewarding the move of God. Do you know that God is moving in this church? And you need to have that. And a lot of times that people think they chase after experiences. So, oh, wow, there's something happening in Toronto. We need to run there. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, wow, there's something happening in Pensacola. And I've been there a few times. Let's run to that. Oh, wow. I mean, come and hear what I'm saying. <laughs> and see, and I think what the Spirit of God wants to do, he wants local churches passionate about the purpose of God to have houses of worship and power in local churches. Because how many of you know there's not enough toilets to house people that run to these places? They ran into that already at a college recently in Asbury, uh, Ashbury, North Carolina. And so, so, you know, God wants to move in, I believe, is moving. And part of the, this building, part of this building is what you saw last week. Just part of it, not all of it, just part of it. For those of you who are here that participated, and we know Rex and Ben, they prayed for 
everybody. I think we left 12.30 a.m. Uh, so <laughs> I said 12.30 a.m. Sunday night. But it was amazing, and things were happening everywhere, and, and even when Rex stepped out, things were happening. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that and, and about stewarding the move of God. And one of these testimonies, uh, some of you don't know that we went into seven days of prayer and fasting, and Holly and Mira Lee kind of orchestrated that as intercessors, and, and we had a time, and then we had a time Wednesday night to, to just come and pray before these meetings, uh, because we really wanted to see God move, and we wanted to position our hearts and to be aligned in what He wanted. Can you say Amen. So that's uh, uh, what happened, but uh, there was a tremendous testimony that after the Sunday morning meeting, Rex left, and I feel it is, uh, and uh, I talked to Lee Kramer, and Lee is here, and, and anyhow, I'm going to invite Lee to come on up, and uh, he's just going to share just what the Lord did in his life, and we want to we talk a little bit about stewarding the move of God, and so maybe you could just introduce yourself, brother, and just share what's on your heart. What the Lord did. Let's give Lee a hand. Good morning. Um, yeah, so last, uh, I'm Lee Kramer. Uh, I've been going here for three years. Me and my beautiful wife have been going here for three years, so introduce myself. Um, good morning, church. Last Sunday was a beautiful day at Harvest. As we were given the opportunity to listen to Rex Crane preach and offer healings for those in need. Um, might get a little emotional. Um, I would like to thank uh, Pastor Mike and the prayer team for the fasting and praying you did for myself and other church members last week. We as a church body uh, appreciate your prayer team so much. I would also like to say anyone who is hesitant on getting prayer, step out of your comfort zone. God might surprise you in a special way. That being said, this was my Sunday and leading up to Sunday. So about four years ago, I... Uh, as some of you may know, I contracted Lyme's disease and mold infection, uh, leading to many autoimmune, dis autoimmune issues. Um, it makes our day-to-day -day pretty difficult, not going to lie. Um, but it's kind of split us in two. Um, it, it made the day-to-day -to -day tough, but it led us in our faith. Um, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if we would be here. I don't know if we would be this, you know close to God and, and, and a part of a church community, so I can't complain too much. Um, so, um, two weeks ago, um, multiple prayer team members had reached out and asking if they could pray and fast for me during the week of Rex Crane. I obviously said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, as the week went on, I felt I knew something was going to happen Sunday. I didn't know what, but I knew Sunday was going to be impactful. Um, I, I, too, was at home praying and, and staying in contact with Holly and a few others, and um, I, could just, I could just feel it. I could feel something stirring, and uh, as Sunday service was going on, I could feel a heavy sense of the Holy Spirit, that God was here. I don't know if you all felt that, but it was just, it was getting real heavy and, and, and beautiful, and uh, it reminded me very much of um, mind, body, spirit. We spoke about the other day. It was, it was kind of at that point where it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's really heavy in here, in a good way. Um, so as service concluded, um, multiple church members had left and, and gone out to the foyer, and something was just telling me to, to stay in the presence, and uh, my, my wife had to go out and uh, tend to one of our kids, and my brother, you know, he asked me a few questions. I said, yeah, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stick around here, and, and I was over there, and just 
I just wanted to draw closer to God. I didn't really know how a whole lot at that point. I kept praying and praying, and then I heard, go to the altar. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. There's a lot of people here. I don't know if I want to go to the altar. I heard, go to the altar. I'm like, oh, no, just let a few more people go. Go to the altar. Fine, I'm going to the altar. I'm going to go to the altar. So then I start walking up, and... Uh, and I, and I remember I was about right there, and, and Pastor Mike was sitting in his, his normal spot, and I felt this breaking, this shattering. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it was. It was like, it was like something's going to break. It wasn't an anxiety-type deal. It was just like glass-shattering type deal. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I, I just remember coming around the corner and seeing Mike there, and I, I just felt that, that shattering. And... Um, and uh, so anyways, I got up here, and I, and I knelt down, and I immediately um, lost all my emotions. Um, and I do not believe I was alone for long, and they came. Um, I, held a, I felt a hug from my left, and my neck and head was getting grabbed from the right. <laughs> a couple more hands were on my head and my back, and... and um, must have been five or six hands I initially felt. And uh, as I was praying and hearing prayer and drawing closer to God, I started feeling hands on my feet, my legs, thighs, ribs, forehead, top of my head, stomach, arms. And I felt hands everywhere. Um, I'm unsure outside of a few people that I talked to afterwards who actually was up there and really doesn't matter. Uh, I appreciate the ones who did go up there. Um, but as I was kind of kneeling there, just for a split second, I was just like, how can this many hands be on me? Like, it felt like 100 hands. Like, how can there be 100 hands on me right now? 50 people cannot physically be behind me and touching me at the same time. I elected to fall back into prayer for a moment longer than I stood up, greeted by Loved by five or six church members, Pastor Mike, uh, gave some hugs, shared some love, and service concluded. I went home and was just doing my day-to-day, and uh, I would just periodically start crying with joy. Um, that's me, I guess. When I'm really happy, I start crying. So, um, I mean, I, was, I literally was sitting there cutting up deer meat, and I started crying. And... Uh, I was taking a shower and I started crying. I pet the dog, I started crying. <laughs> I was talking to my wife, started crying. It was just crying. I, I texted Holly and I said, I can't keep this together. I just keep crying. And, and uh, she shared some good words after that. And uh, as the day was going on, I kept hearing this phrase, um, and they came. And they came. And they came, and it just kept going. As I was crying, I'm hearing, and they came. Couldn't even hold a conversation with my wife. I was crying all day. Even though at that moment I did not have a big health transformation, by faith, I know God has his hands on me and will heal me. Yes, amen. Church, I cannot fully speak on what the hundred hands were on me. I will leave that up to Pastor Mike. But I will speak on this. 
If you ever feel as if your cards are stacked against you, I would ask this question. How many hands are on me? Because I'd be willing to bet if you love Jesus Christ with your whole heart, the answer is 100. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. That's powerful. And we can continue to stand and contend for miracles in this house. You know, Jesus healed people immediately, and then at times he would anoint them, tell them to go wash in the pool and along the way. And so some things are immediate and some things are along the way that we have to walk out in faith. Can you say amen? And so I just thank you, Lee, for sharing that, and our prayers are here to continue to to, to trust the Lord. And isn't it nice to be in a church that believes God for miracles? Uh, a lot of churches don't. Those things are done away with, passed away, that didn't happen anymore, but not here at Harvest. We are going to contend for the supernatural for your life. He said, well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if it does? That's a Rex Crane statement there. <laughs> Amen. So <clears throat> I want to just talk to you briefly here, and I'm going to have Destiny come up because she's got some things that are really stirring in our heart, uh, but what does it mean to steward the move of God? What does that mean? I kind of looked up, well, actually, to steward means to actively direct affairs. Think about this in light of our calling and challenge as disciples of Christ. It means to manage. It means to administer or to guide. It means to supervise, to carry on. It means to conduct or to oversee. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we are all tasked, we are all uh, commanded and commissioned, I believe, to <clears throat> steward God's house, his church, his presence. Do you know that? Do you know that you don't just don't attend and show up at church and just think, well, you know, I don't know about that and that didn't whatever, I, they were hitting on or whatever. No, that's not stewarding. Just look straight ahead and go, amen, pastor. Stewarding is saying, you know what? I came to give to God on Sunday. How many know that our God is a giver and you always receive? So you can come with desperate, desperate needs and impossible, and God can still touch you right where you're at. Nobody lay hands on you. The presence of God can move in your life because we believe that. We believe that here. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Just as each one of you has received a special gift, that I would shout every single one of you, a special gift, the Amplified says, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employing it in serving one another, that's what the purpose of it is, as is appropriate for good stewards. As is appropriate for good stewards which we're talking about, stewarding the move of God, of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor, and that is the amplified version. We are all called to be good stewards and steward the house of God. That means we need to love the things of God, care about the house of God, all right, and care about its unity, it, come on, somebody, that we protect the unity of the house of God. 
We don't, we're not those that ones that drive wedges or complain. You know what? We protect, we pray, we uplift, we, you know what? We, we cut slack. You know, we give them slack when, you know, they kind of seem like they fall short and we encourage. We're stewarding the house of God. You know, when I die, get to heaven and stand before the Lord as each believer will do, as each and every believer will do, like personal appointment. I mean, I haven't had to have an appointment with the boss or, you know, whatever. It's like, I got to go meet the guy, you know. Okay, got to have my stuff in order and everything. We're all going to meet the boss. Oh, I know he's your loving father. You want to jump in his lap and you can do all that. But he's the boss. He is the king, the creator, almighty God. Every single one of us will stand before him. And we'll have to give an account, even though it's, we're not judged on, you know, eternally. We know Christ, and, and the Bible talks about gifts, and it talks about crowns, and, and, and all of that is in our service, not of works. We, we do these things not because we have to, and it's our religious duty. We do these things because we love God. We, he, we're so thankful for what he did in our life, and we serve because we love him. I don't have to. I get to. Amen? That's my posture in serving, not legalistic. So if I have to bend down and pick up a piece of paper or a rotten piece of gum that was stuck somewhere or clean a toilet or rake up something or preach on a Sunday morning, don't matter to me. I'm doing it to serve the king. I want to steward the house of God, not just with my body and my actions, but with my lips. Somebody say amen. Are you doing all right here? We're going to get to destiny. Just give me a minute. And see, here's the thing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, that you, we are God's ambassadors. It's a big word there, ambassadors. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making his appeal through us, he says, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20. And he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. What does that mean, be reconciled to God? We are ambassadors. That word ambassadors in the Greek is the Greek word presboio, which we get the word presbyter, you know, presbyter. It means to be the elder. So if I could say it this way, you are to be the elder. You are to take precedence. You are to be mature. I mean, you know, that's a challenge for us all, to grow up in the things of God. It means to act as an established statesman or statewoman. A diplomat, it means a trusted, respected ambassador who is authorized to speak as God's emissary. Do you know that you are? Oh, well, I'm just talking to a friend right here. I pick him up now and then or at work and in passing or I saw this guy or this gal and I was just sharing, being nice and loving. You're God's ambassador. That's a big deal. You are God's ambassador. And it says this, who is authorized to speak as God's emissary, to represent his kingdom. You represent God's kingdom. So in a world who don't know nothing about God, who hates God, or, you know, they're, they're as confused as anything, you are God's statesman. You are God's uh, representation here on earth. That's a big, that's a tall order. It's a term that's used, this word ambassador, an ancient phrase. It means this, I am on embassy to the emperor. So that means every single one of you, like, well, I don't know about me. I just, I don't really, you know, I just, you, know, you are an embassy. You know, there's a challenge. There's a, a mandate. There is a calling with your gifts for the king that only you can fulfill. I can't fulfill your purpose. Only you can fulfill your purpose. I can help encourage you. And that's what we do here as an equipping church to help you step out on that. But quickly, 
It goes on to say that I'm an ambassador, someone respected as trustworthy, loyal, knowledgeable, especially in the opinions of those who uh, they know or belong to. Once again, a huge, a tall order, a tall order for us all. You know, when I think about this, when I think about embassy and, 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 and uh, as an ambassador, I think one of the things, a couple examples, but just I'll give one here. There was a trip we took to Sri Lanka, and uh, uh, Kathleen was on it. Holly was on it. I'm just trying to think who else. Uh, Rhonda, you were there. And we had an invitation to go see the mayor of Colombo. Mayor Rosie is a spirit-filled believer. She is a Christian. And she, with Pastor Woody, who some of you met from Sri Lanka and here, they're connected with her. And she is a, she's a spirit-filled, tongue-talking believer. And in, in, in the mayor of Colombo, which has over 5.5 million residents, all right, and so there was a time that we were asked to go in and meet with her. We actually have a picture up in the office of this, and we were in a van, and, and they said, well, you probably should dress up a little. And so I put on a little, you know, sports jacket and, and you know, dressed up a little bit, and the team did, going in to see the mayor. And uh, I think it was Mitch that, that brought us in. He's connected with her, and we were going we to pray for the mayor. What an opportunity. Alexandria, Minnesota, going to meet with the mayor of Colombo and praying for her and saying, how can we help you as a church for your city? Amen, anybody? <laughs> so, ambassador, you think, like, who am I? Whatever. You don't know where God's going to send you. Oh, you don't know. Just be obedient. Who He will bring across your path. But I do remember this, and I'll forget this. And you can ask Holly about it because it actually, oh, Kathleen. We're in this van. It's hot, and we pull in. And uh, security guard there just sitting like, we have to, you know, we are emissaries or something, I think they said, the way they translated, from the United States to, well, you know, meet with the mayor. Okay, they let us in. Well, then there was an entourage of soldiers, and they were all just sitting down, kind of, you know, it's hot, you know what I mean? And they got their rifles, and their shirts are a little bit whatever. And so the van pulls up, and I open up the door, and I step out. I'm telling you, it was like they thought, I was Donald Trump or something. They, had, you know, they all snapped too. And isn't that right, Kathleen? I mean, they just kind of. Holly started laughing, and we just got out of there. But we carried ourselves that we were emissaries. We were ambassadors, not from America. We were ambassadors of the King. And we got in and got a private audience, and they 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 brought us some food and the sandwiches, and we met and spoke to the mayor, and we had opportunity to pray for her. An ambassador. We are all called to steward the move of God. Can somebody say amen? And so, and so I've asked Destiny, there's some things on our, her heart that she wants to share about that, and you can share a little bit about maybe the background, where you've been, whatever, and all that, and kind of give the fast version of that. So let's welcome Destiny. All right. <laughs> well, Dad kind of took a lot of my stuff, so <laughs> just mess with you. Um, no, I uh, I am from Dallas, Texas now. It used to be Austin, but now we moved up north. Amen. Um, and so, as the Gergen family says, I sound funny, but uh, I think they sound funny. <laughs> it's okay, Angie. I know you love me, um, and I love you. All right. <laughs> but uh, I have been in ministry school um, probably, wow, it's probably like 10 years, ugh, 
10 years, okay. Um, it's about 10 years uh, ago and worked at a church for six years and now I stepped out of church but am serving inside of the local church in my area that I'm in. And so it's, I've had quite exper- many experiences of people coming in and just different stuff like that. So like pastors and ministers coming in and getting to experience the different atmosphere that they bring in when they come. How many of you know that they can come in and they can come out or they can come in and they can stay? If you, if you get what I mean, it's Rex stayed, right? And I, I've been a part of churches where they fly people, and I'm not knocking on the churches. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. But they fly in, they get up on stage, and then they leave, and they bring them to the airport. There's no ministry that happens. There's no connection that happens. It's understand you're a busy person, but I'm going to come here, do what God's told me to do. And so when Rex came... It, it messed with me. It was like, you're here. What, what can I give you? You've been praying for all these people for three and a half hours. Like, what can I do? And he's just like, I'm good. I was like, oh, okay. So it was very different. And so, um, but in those meetings, if you've never been a part of anything like that, you know, you know, many of you have probably received healing. You received words that maybe have specific dates. And I know for me, it can be like, I received, uh, you know, a word that had a day. And it was like, I can be a little hesitant, if I'm being honest, of like, all right, like, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, like, kind of a thing, and because, you know, you have people that tell you stuff all the time, like, I had one lady come up to me, and this was a long time ago, and she just shared some random thing that didn't apply to anything about me, and gave me a day, and I was like, I don't, I don't think that applies to me. I think you picked the wrong person, but, like, you can get the wrong things, and so you can get a little jaded, all right? And, but we, you know, from hearing Rex and seeing this, like, I mean, he spoke things to me that I have been struggling with for the last six years. And he spoke hope and he spoke peace and he spoke encouragement. It was not calling me out on my stuff, calling me out on anything because I already know the things that I have to work on, right? That's what we have the Holy Spirit for. And, but he encouraged and and it was, what it did is it kind of lit a fire under me of, oh, okay, like God still sees me, you know? God still is acknowledging that I'm here. And, and it kind of showed me that in the past, I've kind of been more of a follower of Jesus. And let me explain this because everyone's like, no, 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 we are all, yes, we are all followers of Jesus, but there's a difference. And um, I've kind of been a follower and kind of stepped back a little bit in, in the faith and in the gifts that God has given me because I don't, didn't feel like I was given the opportunity to do those things. Does that make sense? And so I think that, you know, the first question that I would have if I was in a meeting like this that we just had or, you know, or even if it, you weren't in the meeting and you still received healing or you've received a word before, you know, you can say, okay, I received healing, but the next day my shoulder hurt again. Did God not heal me? Was that fake? Was there some type of voodoo going on in there? No, like, like that's not how that worked. Like God touched, if God, if you believe God touched you in that moment, write it down, put a date on it and remind yourself of what God did in that moment because he came down to meet with you here for a reason. And so there, there's something in the, the reminding of yourself that there is, there is, Habakkuk 2 talks about how you write it down. You, you, you remember it. You don't forget it. You don't neglect it. And so you write it down to remember. I think I have my phone. I have just a huge notes list of things that I believe that God has spoken over me, that I believe that God has said to me. And I put dates by it because, and then every once in a while I'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, that happened. And I didn't even thank God for it. 
Can you, can you understand what I'm trying to say is, you know, the, the healing was there in the moment, but as dad was saying, as Pastor, sorry, as, <laughs> it's dad, all right. <laughs> but as Pastor Mike was saying, it, it, there was in <laughs> okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, as I was saying in John 8, like the man where Jesus, I mean, can you imagine that Rex, thank God that Rex didn't put dirt on your face. Um, with it, nobody does. Um, one time I had a babysitter that I burned my arm, and she put she took me out to the garden and put dirt on my arm. I don't understand why she did that. <laughs> I was like 10. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I don't think. Anyway, okay, sorry. Um, it's okay to laugh in the house of God. Um, okay, but there what was I saying? In John 8, where he talks about the, he was talking about the man who got, you know, put dirt on his face and he was blind. And so it didn't matter. Okay. It didn't matter that he put dirt on his face, but he told him to go, to go to the river, to the river, to the lake or the pot or whatever. And to go dunk yourself. And on the way, it says on the way he was healed. Not in the moment when the dirt was smushed on his face. It was, okay, I don't get this, but I'm going to go. Okay, so, you know, if your shoulder was healed, if whatever, if you experienced something, I think about Max and his collarbone, you know, there, there are things that God did here that you have to walk out. You know, if, if there's things that, you know, you continue to go to, you know, therapy, you continue to go to the things because, yes, God healed me, but I'm not going to neglect the things that God has placed on this earth to provide additional healing. All right? So we don't neglect those things, but we receive the healing that God has given us. You know, I have had people in the past that they're like, oh, God's going to heal me. I'm going to stop taking my medication. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> and like, you know, the, the faith in you is like, absolutely, I'm believing with you. But that at the same time, it's like, okay, God can heal you and show you that, that the, the tests are changing. We need to remove the medication. The, the, the numbers in your hormones are changing. Let's lower the dose. And eventually, you say, I told you he healed me. I told you he did. And, and you are the one that's standing on faith saying, God is going to heal me. God has already healed me. But you have to walk in it. There's a responsibility on us. It's not just God. You come every time the, the man of healing or, or the man of prayer comes that we receive the healing. That's a follower because if you read all throughout the New Testament and you see the crowd follow Jesus, the crowd follow Jesus, we don't wait and we don't follow, as Dad was saying, we don't follow the next, we don't follow this. I've been around a lot of people that they follow a move of God instead of stewarding the move of God. And so we can't be, we can't be followers. It's great to have people come in. It's amazing that they take time out of their, out of their world to come and speak to, to Harvest Alexander. There is, it, it, there's a blessing there, but you have an, an action on your part to steward what God wants to do in this place. And I think about, <clears throat> so that's kind of like the healing, but I also think about, you know, the, the woman caught in adultery. And you think about how, you know, she had, was given everything, wanting everything, wanting the healing, wanting God to heal her. It, wanting, she didn't know. <laughs> she didn't know what was going to happen. She was going to be stoned or she's, what was going to happen. But God said, you know, where are your accusers? And she said, no, no one. God saw her future when everyone around her saw death. 
And so in the action and in the responsibility that you have, you have to surround yourself with people that not, don't see death or don't see a future for you. You have to surround yourself that, no, no, I saw God heal you here. I'm going to remind you every time you're doubting that there is a future for you, that there is healing for you, that God has already done it. Because you have to remind yourself and you have to surround yourself with people that say, no, there's a future for you. There is not death here for you. And so that you have to, you have to do the action. You can't just sit and wait. And did God heal people in the crowd? Absolutely he did. That's why they kept coming and he called them out for it. You know, after he fed the 5,000, you just came because I gave you food. (laughs) I mean, sometimes we need the little calling out, if I'm being honest. And I'm telling you, this message is for me (laughs) because I, I need the fire lit up underneath me again. And I think we all do. And I think we received that when Rex came. But there, there's a responsibility of you to speak life over yourself. Matthew 15, 11 talks about how you, you hear and understand it is not what goes in the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. You know, Rex talked a lot about how your words affect every part of your body. They affect your mindset. They affect physically in your body. You know, we, in our household, we started putting notes around. This is going to be a good day. This is going to end well. I feel ecstatic today. <laughs> we have to remind ourselves each and every day that I don't choose the death that the enemy wants for me, that I choose the life that has been given to me each and every day and every moment. And so you have to choose who you're going to be. Are you going to be a follower? Are you going to be part of the crowd that just is going to wait until next year if we bring Rex in again or bring someone else in for God to speak to you? No, you're going to to do it today. Each and every day you have access to the same power that was here. It says that in Scripture. And so can this happen every Sunday? (laughs) Yes. Why why don't you see it? And I think Lee, Lee said it well. He came with an expectation. He came with an expectation that God was going to heal him. He came with the expectation that God's presence was going to be here. You know, sometimes, you know, when I was working at a church, people would come up to me and be like, I just didn't feel the presence of God in worship today. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that their responsibility to usher in your presence? Absolutely. There's, there's a responsibility on both sides. Where if you're not raising your hands, you're like, it just doesn't sound good today. So God's not here. I have been in Africa where women have just sung and stomped their feet, and the presence of God has been more powerful than anything we have here. And so it doesn't matter what it sounds like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You have to come with an expectation because those women in Africa, they had an expectation that God was already with them. And so if you're coming to church to just receive, you're doing it wrong. And I leave today, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think we all need this. And I think that there is, there's a passion that needs to be stirred up again, each and every one of us, because we can't just coast through life. That's not what we've been called to do. We've not been called to wait for someone else to come to us to tell us that we're doing good things. We can't, while those things are needed and they're encouraging, we can't wait for someone else to be like, you're doing such a great job. The presence of God was so on you, Caitlin. Oh my gosh. No, you have to bring something. You have to come expectant for God to move in this place because will there be healing? There are prayer partners up here every single week. How many times do you go up there and ask for healing? How many times do you go up there because there's an expectation? 
that you have to bring. Because when Rex came, we, we told him, you know, we told you, I mean, you, for months, we were preparing you to come with an expectation. You probably didn't even know it. <laughs> but because you came with an expectation, God moved. You came with an understanding that there's something here that God has for me. And so come with that every Sunday. Come with that in your small group, in your life group. Come with that at youth. Come with that in, in the groups that you do on and, off, he, on and off this property. You have to come with an expectation. And so I would encourage you every single week, God, I'm coming, I'm coming to church expectant that your presence is going to be here. I'm coming to church expectant that you're going to move. I'm coming to church that you're expectant that you're going to speak through Pastor Mike in the ways that I have been needing to hear. Because God, use him to speak to me. But God, I'm expectant. And so you have to be, choose Okay, so you have to choose to be the, either the crowd follower. And if you read through the New Testament, it is, and the crowd followed Jesus. And the crowd followed Jesus. And the crowd followed Jesus. But what did Jesus do with the disciples? The disciples were given authority to do everything that Jesus did. The disciples were given further acknowledgement and understanding of the parables that he spoke to the crowd. The disciples were given opportunity to be taught how to pray. The disciples were given access to the secret places that Jesus wanted them to have. So are you going to be part of the crowd that just follows and waits for the next best thing to come? Or are you going to be a part of the secrets that God has for Church for the Harvest? Are you going to be a part of the secrets that God wants to use you through the, the city and the surrounding areas of Alexandria? You have to move from following a move of God to becoming the move of God. There's so much more for Alexandria. There's so much more for this city. There's so much more. But you have to acknowledge, I have the authority, the same authority that Pastor Mike has, that Rex has, that Jesus had, that the disciples have. I have that authority. But are we walking in it or are we waiting? Are we just going to sit in our seats waiting? No, we have to take action. There's an action on us. There's a movement that is on us. As Matthew 28 talks about the Great Commission and what is the responsibility of the, the, the church and of, of the followers of Je the disciples of Jesus is to go and make disciples. So if all we have here are miracles and after miracles, and I'm talking about those who are expecting, you know, like the, the side of the followers. If all we have today is just miracles after miracles and no teaching, miracles after miracles, where is the discipleship? There's no discipleship. It's a great, it's a, wow, God, thank you so much. But a, a miracle, I think about the, the woman at the well. You know, it talks about the woman at the well in, in John 4. And then she says, she's like, beg Jesus, whatever. So she goes over. Jesus says, go tell your friends. Go tell. She says, come and see. God moved a miracle here. Come and see what, what God has done. Come and see what God did in my life. He told me all the things that I have ever done. And so they came because of her testimony. But then they continue to say, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Her miracle brought them to Jesus, but the, her miracle didn't keep them with Jesus. Jesus taught them and, and brought them into an understanding of a relationship with him, in a, a further discipleship with him. 
And so the miracle doesn't bring you to disciple, should bring you to discipleship. But what sometimes we look for is just miracle after miracle. Oh, God is so good. Oh, praise God. Okay, praise God. Another miracle. That's great. But where's the discipleship? Because there's people who don't know Jesus. I see all these flags, and I think that there should be more. There, there's, there's a, there are things that God has given us that if we do not take action of, there won't be more people that we have touched. That you, so you can't just seek after a miracle. You have to bring discipleship so that you can grow in the faith, so that you can grow in the gifts that God has given you. Because Pastor Mike talked about the spiritual gifts that we all have access to. You know, if you are not growing in those, these people won't be touched. There's a, there's a move of God that is, is here that is available to every single person if you take action to it. And we need that because there's people in the world that don't know Jesus. There's people in the world that are just seeking for, they're seeking for understanding, for knowledge. They're seeking just for genuine authenticity, for people to just say, here's who Jesus is. He's not just bowing over you. He is here. He wants to have a relationship with you. But there's a responsibility as a disciple of Jesus to accept the authority and to take action with the authority that you have been given. So I think, you know, the, the signs of the believers and the disciples, and you say, okay, what does that look like? You know, we, we've been a disciple. Okay, I'm choosing to be a disciple now. And, and Mark 16, 15 talks about how, you know, you go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, I, yeah, okay. I don't know if I want that piece of today. I think back then it was different. I don't know, maybe Cash can do that. I, doesn't he pick up a bunch of snakes? Probably. Um, anyway, um, and if they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So there's, there, you have access to these things, but we have to take action. And we have to not be a follower or be part of the crowd anymore. We have to move to, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to participate in what the church is doing. I'm going to serve at the door. I'm going to greet. I'm going to, I'm going to pour into the kids. Because if, if I'm scared, I'll, I'll go to the kids first. As Rex would say, I'll go to the kids first. They're not going to judge me. You know, like I'll start there. You know, start somewhere. Start somewhere in the discipleship process. Go to a small group. Read your Bible. There's an idea. Like, like, begin to understand the words of God. Like, it is your responsibility to usher in the presence of God. You say, God, each and every day, God, use me. Use my mouth to speak things that people need to hear. Use my hands to heal and help people that need, your, that need to experience you. All of that is inside of you. But you have to take an action, and you have to say, God, use me. Every single day, God, use me. Use me for your glory. Use me for your kingdom. God, use me to change someone's life. Use me, God. And God will use you. He will, he will begin to work through you. But you have to choose. God, I'm no longer going to search for, I'm not, no longer going to YouTube videos of people being healed. I'm going to become the person that God has called me to heal. Amen? We're no longer searching for things. We're becoming things. 
We're becoming the action piece that God wants to use. We're becoming the true vessel that God has created us to be, to impact the world. And so I just think that we have to move from wanting to see moves of God to becoming a move of God. And I think that that, to me, is just the most powerful thing that I got out of this. And it is for me, and I, I truly believe that it is for everyone, but for me personally, that because there's been times where it's like you wait for someone to tell you that, 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 I have, that you have this power, that you have these things. But when you finally take action, something changes and something shifts inside of you. And so you have to take the action and remind yourself that you've been healed. Remind yourself of the word that God has. Hold it loosely because we're always dealing with humans. But believe, have faith. As Lee said, he had faith that God was going to do something. Come expectant to church. There should not just be the worship team and Pastor Mike trying to usher in the presence of God. You know, you have to move from you come to church to give God glory. You come to church to give him everything, right? You don't come to just get. And that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a crowd follower mindset is you coming to just get. You come to give God the glory that he deserves. You come to give God everything that he deserves. But because God is a good God, he still gives. He still gives you everything that you need. He still will fill you up in everything that you, that you are desiring. And your Proverbs talks about how he gives you the desires of your heart. Ask God. Ask God. <laughs> when was the last time you asked God? And not, not in a griping way, not in a way that says, oh, God, like, if you would do this for me. Like, no, God, God I need you to move here, and I'm not letting go until you do. There's a desperation that has to come with action. If you truly want to see a move of God, God will begin to show up, but you have to continue to give God glory because it's not about you. It's not about the other person. It's about God. It's his glory that's it, that is in need, that, that is what deserves that. It's not us. And so become the disciple. Become it. And how do you do that? You, you read your, you get to understand what the word of God is so that when someone comes against you with some commentary or something, you say, hey, the, actually the word of God says this. The word of God says this. Because the word of God is living and breathing. It's sharper than every two-edged sword. The word of God is what's going to bring you through. It's going to train you. It's going to pull you through the darkest of times. It's not someone else's opinion about something. It's the word of God. And so you have to know the word of God so that you know what is true. There's nothing else. There are people on the other side of your obedience that are waiting for you to step into your obedience. Don't forget about those people because they're there. Will they not be touched if you do not, don't do anything? No, because God will work it out. But God will wait. I, do, I believe that. God will wait for you to be obedient. He'll wait for you to talk to that business person that you've been wanting to talk to. He'll wait for you to talk to that person in your, in your little gym. He'll wait. Because he says, I want you to step out on obedience. Because when you step out of obedience, it breaks something in you and says, oh, shoot, God does move. <laughs> God does do these things. Because when you move, there's action and there's faith that's built up inside of you. That you have to become a disciple. And I think that that's, that's it. <laughs> I know dad's going to close it out, but... <laughs> Thank you, Destiny. Can you, I just, for 
Thank you. Yes, becoming a disciple. Can you stand with me? Uh, I have four quick points I'm going to share because I asked you to stand. So hopefully it won't be just more than a minute or two. But to summarize, <laughs> uh, stewarding the move of God, um, and even a word that was made given to you, you know, what do you do with it? As Disney said, we need to soak in the word of God. Soak in the word. You know what that means? That means you have to have the word in your life. Okay? I don't, this is a point that pastors say, and they move on. It's amazing how many people don't do it. Just keep looking forward and smile. <laughs> I know I'm right. And I'm not being harsh, judgmental. I'm not being legalistic. It's the life of God for your life. The word of God for yourself, not your wife doing it for you, not your husband. You just do it for you and say, you know what? I have no time. Do you have one minute to spare? Because it'd probably take you to read one verse about a minute. And so start with a minute. Then see what the Lord does in five minutes. Just begin. Second thing, Disney mentioned this, very powerful. Transcribe that word that he speaks to you or spoken that resounds with what's going on in your spirit, man or woman. It's like, yes, it's true, because we forget. How many know we leak? If you ask what you ate three weeks ago on a Tuesday, unless it was an amazing Tuesday meal, nobody knows, right? <laughs> so find, you know, and I just love it through the years, uh, People have written and here in the church and Julie and others and uh, about words about the church that were given. And I, I sometimes I go back at them back in 2001. I went, wow, God did do it. At the moment, I was like, you got to be kidding. What? And it came to pass. And so you transcribe that. Another one is seek out godly men and women, that there's godly wisdom to bounce these things off. And uh, people uh, that have different callings in their life, seek that out and just say, you know what? Hey, I have this word and uh, is there anything you could pour into my life about that or how do, I, how do I help make sense? And I would just say, finally, number four, I think that was a minute, maybe a little over, and it be make ready, make room. You know, I remember receiving a word. It was 1990, uh, 1988 and I was in Christ for the Nations and my South African friend said, hey, there's a, in his South African accent, there's a prophet that's coming to the Holiday Inn. Do you want to come? And I went, yeah, I'll go. And it was, some of you heard me hear the, tell the story before. It was a petite African-American woman. She was like 66, 67 years old. Her voice was so hoarse because of years of preaching. This lady was a fiery prophetess. And some wild things were happening on in that room. Like, man, like, Words were going flying around, and I'm like, how is this going to come to pass? And someone was commissioned, if you drink seven glasses of water, God's going to, I'm like, I got to see this, because he was skinny as a stick, you know, and after one glass, it was, so you know, words are flying, and, but I was sitting in the front row, and she pointed at me. She says, you, young man, I see you overseas. I see you preaching the gospel. And man, I just fell down. I just began to weep. And, and this is a, and she says, God is going to prepare to send you to other nations and talk about stuff that has happened already now. 
I didn't see that as a kid in Bible school, praying and wondering and hoping. But God sees. And I had to make ready. So what? I was in Bible school. I was doing my part, okay? And that doesn't mean you have to take off and leave. I mean, you can study to show yourself approved now and online. I mean, all of that. But, but and, and what did I do with that word? It's like, well, I didn't have a passport, so I got a passport. How I many you know you can't leave the country without a passport? And so I just, I just started. I just started and make ready, make ready for that time that, you know, trusting the Lord and since then been over 10 different nations and preaching the gospel and the Lord has many more. And he has much more for you all. Every head bowed, if you would, please, this morning. We're talking about stewarding the move of God, that God has called each and every one of you, that you do have a calling. You do have something. He's like, well, I'm real good at making money. Praise the Lord. That's good. You help what you have, whether it is as resources or lands or whatever it may be, and uh, words of exhortation, hospitality, caring, loving, words of encouragement, baking something for somebody, doesn't matter. Going over, you know what? Something's broke down on that, and they need it fixed, and they asked, and you wouldn't help. You were the hands of God. Well, it was just a natural thing. No, you're an ambassador. I said, you're an ambassador. And everything you do out of love for God and love for people will be rewarded. God never forgets. Not one thing. Not one thing. You're here this morning as a pastor. I'm not right with the Lord. I do not have that assurance of salvation with every head bowed. I want to pray with you. It's a very simple prayer, but a very costly prayer. It's a prayer that it's the only way for you to enter into heaven. There's no other way. Say, well, how do you know that? I believe that because the Word of God says that. So I'm going to preach that to the day I die. It is the only way. Jesus is the only road to heaven. No other road but Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way. And you need Jesus in your life. Some of you may still be on the run. You're running. You're resisting. You're questioning. You're reasoning. All the while, God's hands are open wide with love. He said, I love you. I'm here for you. If, you. if you take the step of faith, I'll help answer those maybe disturbing questions you may have in your life. I'll help bring freedom in your life. I'll bring clarity. I'll show you your purpose if you take the step of faith. But you have to take that step of faith. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm ready. I want the Lord. I'm going to ask I'm going to lead us all in a prayer if we all pray together. But if that's you, pray this with me. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. I make a decision today to follow you all the days of my life. I give you my life, Jesus. Now take it.